Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Oh man, back yet again for another one of them, for another one of them Stan Brothers episodes, the show of the podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Woo! Um, we are here to discuss the, the most important issues of the day. The most important topics that you could ever think of. Um, it just, it, it's a wide ranging of, of issues we've got going on tonight, starting with... Um, oh, man, I had something really funny there, but I can't think of it now. Anyway. I, you know, you know, you was know, that a joke or you know, was you know that, that, are you being real? You know what that whole segment was? You know what, that segment was? You know what that was? Just what? a big waste of your time. <laughs> I don't like fancy things. <laughs> I, I like don't f- fancy dancy things. <laughs> I don't even like fancy dancy wancy going to fancy things. But what I do like is wasting our time. <laughs> thank, thank you, Norm. Uh, anyway, uh, we are we is back, as the kids say. We <laughs> um, for another episode of the show. Uh, I'm sitting next to my 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 uh, my my. my, my uh, I'm starting start to talk like Jacob now. I'm sitting to my great brother here. Uh, Jacob, how, how's the week been going? Week's been going good. We are having fun. We are doing things. We are we are alive. We are breathing. We are exceeding the world for what it is. And we are seeing the world past Technicolor, which is a, a sight to behold if you've ever had one. Seeing past Technicolor? How, That's right. How is that even possible? We're seeing into the fourth dimension. Whatever. Um, whatever. <laughs> no, but honestly, I've had a great week so far. Um, been been keeping keeping busy. Now keeping that's, it real? I, I, I've been keeping it 100, man. 100? I'm keeping it 100. As the kids say? I've been keeping it 100. Um, all the 100 emojis and then the fire emojis. Oh, yeah. I've just been... Or, that or, has been, or as the kids say, now excuse my language, but no cap. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. No cap. I there, I, hear there this, are, I hear this all the time. What does this mean? What does this mean? Look, I know I'm a. I, this is this is the total Joe Boomer mo- mo- moment. But what does that word even mean? It's supposed I, now, to I've mean heard, like no lie. I've heard that it's actually slang. You know, like a Craig Ferguson kind of slang for a, a much more derogatory or obscene it's supposed to mean verbal no lie. gesture. I think also it means BS. Bible study, Boy Scouts. You know. Well, yeah. But. I don't know. I hear I hear all the time at work. I hear all the time when the when when the I hear when the kids are on their the TikToks and they're like, oh, no, you no camera. I'm like, Ugh. you know, there's a lot of whenever I say things that are slang, it's mainly due. It's not out of trying to fit in. It's trying to mock. Mm-hmm. Where I'll say things, uh, usually, I use I when I'm being funny and I'm joking around. I use a lot of '90s terms like. Like what's up, and um, raise the roof and get crunk up in this piece. You know what I'm saying? I'll stay. I'll say stuff like that. Just, just, just the groans, to, and just eye rolls. A, the groans, the eye rolls, and if somebody still continues listening to me after I've said that, um, then you really cared about my opinion. It's it's kind of like the Michael Malice wearing the little like propeller hat on Tim Pool. Or the tinfoil hat. Yes, yeah, st- stuff like that. Where if you don't take this seriously, that I don't, that I don't care about, then you obviously don't care about my, my opinion. Right. Um, so that's kind of what I use by it, and that's also how you weed away all the people that really don't care about you, 
is uh, whenever you go up to them and say, what up, my player? <laughs> uh, or, you know, you, you know, how is it? Are you keeping it 100 up in this piece? You know, gotta got to go home and, uh, you know, count the paper and stuff like you know, all that. Uh, that that's, just, that's just how I just weed through. And also it's to make fun of people. And to show that, hey, is all of those things, is all that slang cringy? Yes, it absolutely is cringy. And it, you will... 25 years from now, you will look back at no cap and keeping it 100 the same way. Well, I think the difference is now is that people mumble and slur through their speech so much. Like that you, you won't understand you, them? You won't understand anyway. What? It is, it is like, oh, we used to say that? Did you even say anything? Um, we didn't say anything, so we just kind of mumbled and just grunted. I mean, listen to soon our music. Listen soon to our music. Soon we're going to be just... Grumbling in like Morse code. We're, we're, we're gonna go back to sign language. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna devolve from spoke. Looks and we're, look, we're, so we're gonna go from Shakespeare, right? Arguably one of the pinnacles of the English language as far as literature. If Shakespeare. You can understand it. Yes, but it's a <laughs> Shakespeare had a master of the see, English. See he he mastered the English language. Okay, mm-hmm. complete mastery of it, and we're slowly each century kind of devolving down. And then right after like the nineteen, right right after the twentieth century, we've kind of just nosedived mm-hmm. um, into whatever oblivion that we have now. Um, where even you had like slang and people spoke jive back in the day, like an airplane, like an <laughs> like an airplane. No, excuse me, I speak jive. <laughs> Little church lady. I don't know. I just, we, we are just we're just slowly devolving. I, th- I think at some point we're just gonna go back to just like chimp sounds, and we're just gonna be sounding like like a monkey's uh, oh, wow. communicating to each other. You know how like you know how like chimps, um, what's the what's the what's, what's the technical sound whenever they make their? I don't know. You're going down this rabbit hole. I no, don't. But I don't I'm know. saying that this way they way they communicate and the way that they talk to other chimps is kind of how we're gonna go back towards. Do I look like Jane? And what's then, your face? And Jane then, Goodall. And then we're gonna keep devolving until we have like dogs and dolphins, where we're gonna communicate through dog whistles. Yeah, through, through like Trump. <laughs> dog whistles. <laughs> Tr- Trump is secretly dog whistling the racist right Republican base. Because secretly, he's really Cheeto, <laughs> Cheeto Hitler. <laughs> anyway. Um, you know, but you, the week's been good. The weekend, the, the weekend was it was a catastrophe. An absolute catastrophe. Depending because, on the way you look at it. Because we, you, uh, the, the father and the youngest brother, went down to Tampa, Florida to go see a baseball game. You guys left ahead of me because I had to work the, that morning. So I was going to get on an airplane and catch and catch up with them down there in Tampa. The flight was supposed to leave at, I think, like 8 o'clock, 8.50 or whatever. Flight gets delayed till 11.30. But they also told me that they changed terminals. So if you know Hartsfield-Jackson Airport, which is a it's big... Huge. It's hu- hu- huge. Okay, it's huge. huge airport. Hey, it's the it's best. It's so okay. big. It's, it's, it's huge. It's the best airport, okay? Donald Trump's like, it's, it's trem- so big it's that I can't wrap, wrap my hands all around it. It's so big. <laughs> The hair won't fit through the door, okay? It won't. It won't the door. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I go up to the counter, and the lady says, oh, yeah, the, your flight's been changed. It's going out of the D terminal, not the E terminal. What? <laughs> and so, and so, and she said, oh, yeah, and by the way, it's boarding. And I'm like, what? What? Now, meanwhile, keep in mind, I'm flying Frontier Air, which, you know, you, you get what you pay for. But, so I think I had her, I literally ran from the E terminal to the D terminal, only to, <laughs> only to find out 
that the that the flight that was changed was a Spirit airline. So it's I had not even your flight. So I had to walk all the way back and sit for another two and a half hours waiting on the plane coming from Frogs Bars, Arkansas, to land so I could go to Florida. So you know what? By the time I ran to the airport, I could have just drove down. Could have just drove down. You you could have probably not for as cheap as you did. No, could have flagged, but you, you know technically what? could have just you know, driven but down. You know, what? you know what? These are the trials in life that we all have to go through. Yes, yes, indeed they are the trials of life. So anyway, let's get to the big big news. Are you ready for the big big news, Jacob? Uh, I yeah, hit me, Joe. Come on. Hit okay, me. here here What's, what is the big here's, big news? Here's the big news. The first story, right? Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, remember how we spent twenty years in Afghanistan? Remember that? Remember that joyous trip through memory lane? I think. I think I heard someone mention it one a time. A walk down memory lane, like the old Billy Pollard videos. You, you know, somebody somebody mentioned it in passing a few years ago, but other than that, I haven't. There's not a whole lot of information yeah. about now, it. Now, if you know who Billy Pollard is, you are you are a, a youth group Christian uh, OG. You are the real OG. Yeah, if you, you are remember the real Billy OG. Pollard. If you don't know who Billy Pollard is, strolling down memory lane <laughs> YouTube, go listen to all those sweet sweet hymnal classics played by an old man in a pink cardigan. It, it's wonderful joyous a, joy, a joyous time spent anyway um where was i even going with this it's a great question um okay so yeah afghanistan remember how we were there for 20 years because you're know, the taliban you gotta fight the terrorists we gotta fight them over there so don't, we don't have to fight them over here remember all of that that's right remember all those things mm-hmm. and then we get out of afghanistan a complete botched withdrawal even though it was the right decision completely botched by the by the uh well really by the biden administration because Trump left before they could really do anything. Even that was his fault for not doing anything for four years. But, you know, that's the sign note. Complete botch withdrawal. And we were told that the Taliban won't retake the ground. They won't. All these terrorists that we're trying to find that's on the FBI's most wanted list, they won't come back. There's nothing here. They won't come back. Well, over the weekend... Um, President Biden ordered a Ginsu missile. I think it's what it's called, a Ginsu. Basically, it's it's a it's a, a missile from the third ring of hell. Even Dante was like, "Ooh, that's a little much there." What bro. are we? What are we naming these these missiles after after weapons? Like we have we have like tomahawk missiles. You got Ginsu missiles. I believe it's called a Ginsu. Basically, it's not really an explosive device. It just sends out you know sh- shrapnel and shards and stuff to rip people apart. Kind of, kind of sick and twisted, if you ask me. I mean, the bomb is is bad enough. Let's just keep up with the bombs. But anyway, so the the U.S. just killed, or, or supposedly just killed Yamaha Sawahiri. I think it's what his name is. One of the supposed masterminds behind 9/11, and then um, one of the Bachabazi boys of 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 um, uh, 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 what's his name? The, uh, Osama bin Laden. That's I can't, I can't remember his name. Osama bin Laden. There's a, there's a joke there too. If you caught what I said, um, <clears throat> but yeah. So so suppose supposedly they killed him in Afghanistan. Bum, bum, bum. So you're telling me that we spent all that time in in Afghanistan. Twenty years. Twenty years we were there, and we could have just killed these people with drones. We could have just killed this guy with a drone. What else were we doing there? What else was going on? Now, all conservative media was telling this as a huge victory. A huge victory. Oh, yeah, he was in Afghanistan. Oh, I mean, come on. Well, you know, they killed him. He's dead. 
if if we could have just killed if they could have just gotten these people with uh special force strikes or uh, precision guided missiles or with drones then what was the whole war on terror if that's what could have been done couldn't they have taken out saddam hussein even though he really wasn't a part of 9-11 had nothing to do with it couldn't they just take them out with a drone what was the whole invasion of iraq what was the whole invasion of 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 afghanistan what was the whole thing going on in Syria? They could have just drone bombed Bashar al-Assad. What was all that for? What, 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 what was all that? And to kill him again in Afghanistan? What was the whole war for? And you know what kills me? Is that I, I this happens. And I'm watching the Fox News because, you know, I hate myself. I, I just hate myself. I'm watching it, and of course they, they bring in on, they bring in the Fox News generals, right? You know the the General Jack Keens of the world. The, the, this this guy was on the was on the, the the Fox News special report, whatever it was, and he was talking about how well this is one of the problems without having boots on the ground. This is one of the problems without a continuing presence in Afghanistan, because we know these people are out there, but yet we can't accurately take them out because we don't have boots on the ground. You know what that sounds like to me? Boots on the ground? Sounds like mission creep. Sounds like in order to justify their existence being there, Jack, oh, well, we got to do a little more. Oh, we got to do a little more. Oh, we don't have enough troops. Oh, we need more special advisors. Oh, we need more of this. We need more of that. And before you know it, we're right back where we started. So no, Jack, if, you know, if that is really your name, if you really are a general, um, no, you're wrong. You're so wrong because, you know, you can do this tit-for-tat thing. You can, you know, play literal whack-a-mole with these people. But you do have to accept at the end of the day, you have to accept at the end of the day that these people don't want to move out of the 7th century. They're just as happy living in the quite literal Stone Age, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. No matter how many urban urban renewal programs you want to do there in Afghanistan, now how many schools or hospitals or nightclubs or whatever you yeah, whatever you want to build there, it's not going to change anything. You just need to let the world be as it is. Just leave it alone. This this constant oh we got to take out this job we got to take out this mastermind. You know what's going to happen? There will be another one. This is a perfect example of why that is. You take out Osama bin Laden. This guy steps in his place. It's an ideological problem. You could say it's a religion problem too. It most certainly is. But that's how that that's how that part of the world operates. And there's nothing you can do about it. You wasted 20 years and countless American lives and a countless amount of US dollars taxpayers or US taxpayer dollars. Got that twisted up. Fighting this nonsensical, idiotic, stupid war. And we're still making the same stupid decisions. We're right back where we started. Nothing's ever going to change. And it's funny. It's something we're going to talk about here in a minute here, too, about with Taiwan. Is that all the people that are praising this, all the people that were praising Nancy Pelosi going to, uh, to Taiwan, are all the people that have gotten every single foreign policy decision in the last 30 years dead wrong. Pun intended, dead wrong. They've all gotten it wrong. Jack Keane, you sold us you sold us a bill of goods when you sold us the war. You got it wrong. This is not a great moment. This is not a a a, a triumphant return of well the adults are back. That's not that's not what this is. 
This is a failure. This is an absolute failure of the intelligence community, of the Defense Department, the Pentagon, presidents, generals, including you, Jack. All of you, Mark Milley, all of you. David Petraeus, I could go on. This is your failure. The fact that you have wasted countless numbers of American lives, taxpayer dollars, and time, and we're still fighting this problem, and we still have this problem, and you still can't realize that, that, that's, that this is the way this part of the world wants to live. And no matter what you do, nothing's going to change it. So, just, just I, I don't even know why. I, I, I mean, I know why. But why do, why do people still listen to, to people like General Jack Keane, to the, the, the Bill Crystals of the world, even after he was had a nuclear bomb dropped on his head by Scott Horton in that Soho Forum debate? I don't know how he's even able to show his face in public the way he was absolutely humiliated in front of those people. How does, how does this continue? You, you, I mean, you've got this Mark Levin guy telling this is a huge success, what happened with this. Dude, you sold us the war, and we're still facing the consequences of this. Like, come on, people. What am I not seeing? Hath the veil been torn before my eyes where I can't see what's going on here? Am I, do I have it wrong? No, I think I think with the biggest thing with these neocons that kind of in their mind gives them leeway to act in this way is for all intents and purposes they do have a self-fulfilling prophecy it's the self-looking ice cream cone it, it, it is what it is is it's it all no, no matter what happens it always justifies their position yes because because blowback is a serious thing and those who know who what what, what blowback is um, whenever it is basically the term that you you can't do anything military aggression wise and not expect anything bad to return it's the idea of uh, if we, we we can bomb an the entire region yeah the, the hate is for our freedom our blue jeans and all and of rock that and roll. all of that bs um these these people have, have never understood you know how you can you can red pill a neocon just send them it is on the state department's website i think i think it's Either the State Department or the Department of Defense has Osama bin Laden's manifesto. It has his declaration of war. It's been tra- translated, I think, from Arabic to English. I forget what language he's, he wrote it in. And you can read exactly what Os- Osama bin Laden said whenever he declared war on the United States back in, what, the 90s or whatever he, he declared war. Um, it, it was very clear. Very clear about his intentions. It was about the imperialism of America the destruction of, of their land and how America hid behind their um, Christian values. A lot of them did, and a, a lot of them hid behind a lot of these values that have been twisted into, in, into patriotism. And that's why he, that, that, that's why Al-Qaeda existed, and that's why he did what he did is because of our actions of the first place. So whenever you have as long as you can deny that blowback is a thing, you can continue to have these stupid neocon positions forever and ever and ever. Because, well, evil exists. Okay, we have to fight evil. Whenever we don't fight evil, evil comes back. Well, then we have, you know, if only we had boots on the ground, there wouldn't be terrorists. So we go to fight terrorists, which then creates more terrorists. So, oh, there's, there's terrorism. We got to keep fighting it. It's like the whack-a-mole 
it's like the whack-a-mole game, but whenever you hit one, two pop up, and you just keeps multiplying forever and ever and ever. That is, that is why I think that it is a position that some people still hold. It's because there's there's that denial. Look, and I was one of them at one point, so I was, so I consider myself to be pretty neocon in their foreign policy, uh, or views before I actually learned anything it was just whatever i saw in the news like yeah that seems like that's right <laughs> before i actually sat down and read and and uh, and educated myself on the topic but that's all you have to do is just the jack kings of the world the mark levens of the world the sean handys of the world all these people will come out and say oh they hate us for our freedom they hate us because we're free they hate us because we're blue jeans and rock and roll they hate us because we're christian or whatever right that that's why they they hate us and that's why they're they did 9 11 and etc etc when you can just read what when what bin laden said and you um and there was a famous video i think it was cnn did a did a report this was many years after 9-11 where they interviewed just farmers and ranchers in the Middle East in Afghanistan or whatever and they asked them about 9-11 in New York City and out of the dozens they interviewed no, none, had, none of them had had any idea about 9-11 no idea about or but not, no idea about even what New York City is so the, so the idea that these, these entire regions are full of people that just want, to, want us dead is is such a myth and it is super dangerous because believing that and advocating for stuff like that only emboldens the people in power to continue doing what they're doing because these people vote let's be honest the people that think that go on twitter and twitter is the greatest litmus test for why democracy is bad (laughs) (laughs) because these people vote you can go on there and see the most just depraved idiotic trash and the the worst takes imaginable and the fact that these people have the same political electoral power that i do is look and i'm not claiming to be any great political philosopher on here look i've always said i'm I'm just some moron that has enough money to buy a a microphone and an internet connection but you cannot say that some of these people Demo- Twitter is a reason why democracy shouldn't exist, 100%, or, or why it is a bad idea in practice and in theory. I, I am at a loss for words, and each day continues to get worse and worse. And, you know, I haven't looked into this Taiwan issue as much as I probably should have. I did read a, an article by David Stockman today. Uh, I'll have to go through it one more time to kind of see what he was saying, but... You know, I do think it is funny. My my take on this, though, <clears throat> is that they made a big deal about Pelosi going to Taiwan, right, to stand up to China or whatever their motive was. But they made a big deal about it in the media that, oh, they're, they're being bold to China. We're, we're being bold. We're standing up to tyranny and to authoritarianism. And the reason for that is because we are side-eye-wise – in a way saying that Taiwan is their own place and Taiwan is defiant of China and that push comes to shove we're going to come and defend Taiwan if something bad were to happen that's kind of what this whole whole thing was about am i am i being incorrect here just kind of what it was about 
showing China that, oh, we're being nice with these people, so if you do anything, we're going to come and defend them. Well, I think it was the State Department that said that we will not go to the, the defense of Taiwan if China invades. The long-standing position of the, the, of the United States towards the China and Taiwan thing is what they call strategic ambiguity. I can't pronounce that word right Ambiguity? now. Yeah. Uh, they will not commit one way or another what they will do if China decides to invade. Um, what I'm saying, though, is that they, they do this move clearly poking at China. Mm-hmm. Clearly, this is a... This is a sly eye towards China. Unneedlessly. So. Yes. And this is a way to show them that, oh, well, we're, this is a complete swipe against them. But then they have Kurt, John Kirby or whatever his name is come out and say that um, we recognize that Taiwan is a part of China and they are not an independent country. Yeah. So it's they're trying to play both sides. They're trying to say that, oh, we're standing up to China, we're standing up to them, and then the moment they get any kind of pushback, whoa, no, we're not saying that they're independent. No, 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 they're a part of China. They're a legal part. I did find that kind of interesting and funny. Well, to me, it's it's kind of not at all surprising, given the fact of who's in charge right now. Not so much Biden, but the people in the foreign policy establishment, the people at the Rand Corporation, whatever, who write up these ideas of how they're going to divide up and conquer the world. The problem with China in the United States is, yes, there is a, the issue of the the imbalance of trade, the, semi, the semiconductors, the list goes on. The, the, the economic things. The, the, yes, there, there is a problem there. Now, is China a military threat? Yes and no. Yes, they do have a large military. They are very capable. They have nuclear weapons. Very capable of, of inflicting a lot of damage. No two ways about it. But the question is, is that the reason why they're taking such defensive stances and the reason why they're li- having a quite literal freakout right now with what Nancy Pelosi just did in her uh, incredibly stupid, cosmically stupid idea to take a trip uh, without the blessing of the president, even though she doesn't really need it. But, I mean, if you're going to make a big decision like that that might spark a war, you might want to go up the chain of command and say, hey, can I go over? But the problem is, is that with, the, with China and Russia are concerned about and this is not me bashing america it's not me you know saying i hate america you know you know burn the flag that's not what i'm saying this is just this is just a reality this is just a fact the problem is is that what the what china and russia are pushing back against is u.s in the western hegemony of global power that's what this is because the u.s has gone on and with with its allies in nato and other countries like the, like britain and france and germany gone around the world pushing their influences on everyone else. Well, <laughs> the border, if you will, has gotten up to Russia and China, and they're strong enough to push back. That's what this is. So while the West, while the West's hegemony is fading because, well, we've got serious problems with our own economy and countries seems to be falling apart, you have rising powers in, in Russia and China. They're expanding their influence throughout the world, and that's, what, that's where the conflict comes. That's what, that's what the conflict is. All the economic issues and all those other things, in my mind, are secondary. Like, for instance, like like the trading of the the Russian weapons, uh, the weapons oligarch with the with the NBA basketball player. Man, well, that was a bad trade. But um, I think didn't LeBron James say that she'd be better off over there? I just I can't remember. I just even if it's not true, I could so see him saying that. It's hilarious. But you know. It's it. That's what that's what this problem is. 
And the question that we have to ask ourselves as Americans is that, is Taiwan worth going to war over? Just, of, as, just, just as the same as Ukraine. Right. Yes, the, what Taiwan exports, they do a lot of exports to the United States. I think it's something like 60% of the all known semiconductors are produced out of Taiwan. Now, it's the stupidity on half of all of the world to uh, give Taiwan all that manufacturing. That's stupidity on the United States and the rest of the world because we all, we all made that decision. Well, these are the consequences of it. So if China does invade, the question surrounding, oh, well, do they take over those, those, uh, the manufacturing of those semiconductors and do they cut the West off, do they cut the United States off? That's a very real scenario. But do you know what happens? But do you know what, what might accelerate that process of China cutting off the rest of the world? Is if Nancy Pelosi in a boneheaded move decides to go to Taiwan and stick it in the face of the Chinese. Because for no for, reason. For no reason. Yeah. Other than genuflecting her own power. I guess I guess it'd be one thing if there was an intended purpose and there was a reason for it, if that makes sense. You know, if you're going to threaten war over somebody, you know, so, so let it be over something that's, you know, worth going to a war over. Yeah. Um, I don't think the... Like that, China uh, hasn't, you know, like, like there's a Hitler guy. He, you know, he's not cool. Well, China hasn't done anything yet that is an act of war. Yeah, I'm not saying they ever will. I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that China's, you know, the, the greatest country of all. I, I feel like I have to say that every time. Make the qualifications. Well, well, because there's that one person says, Oh, so you didn't criticize Russia with Ukraine, so that means are you a fan of Putin? You do realize it is possible to... to to think beyond a second to, to think behind or, or, or to think beyond a, a binary option of what is in uh, the media right now. You do know this is a possibility. You do know it is, it is possible to not be a fan of China and then to also say, hey, can we not <laughs> shoot at each other or not, or, not, or not go to war with two nuclear-powered uh, nations? Can we, can we do that? Just, just as I've always said with... Russia. Yes, I am no fan of Putin. I am no fan of Russia. That doesn't mean, though, that I have to be a, a, a hawk to them when it comes to everything. I don't have to be putting us on the, on the brink of, of World War III every single time that Putin or President um, Ping opens his mouth. I, I don't... I, unfortunately, though, this we live in a society where if you're... If you're, you're either... Um, appeasing a country or you are a hawk to them and you think that if we just only if we only strike them first then then we can um, get away with it so the question is is that you know you can feel however however you want to feel about the situation you can think that China is the is the literal fourth Reich coming to power you can think that they are the worst things ever to exist. You can think all of those things. But the question you have to ask yourself is this. Is it worth going to war over? Is it worth the potential? Is it worth sacrificing countless American lives, the money that's going to be involved, countless Chinese people who are just caught up in the middle of this thing, and the, the countless number of Taiwanese people? Is that Taiwanese? Thai, pe Thai, Thai people? Taiwanian people? I, I think it's Thai... Just say... The people that live in Taiwan. The countless lives are going to be sacrificed. Is that worth it? 
is the is is Taiwan a strategic enough uh, ally that we would risk going to war over? And keep in mind, China has nuclear missiles. A lot of them. They can blow up the whole West Coast. You, you mean I know a lot of you want California to leave. I, mean, I do too, but. Well, I don't want them to go out in a mushroom cloud. In that way. Let's not have them leave that way. I don't want them to go out in a mushroom cloud. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of the city of angels, but let's not make them all angels by blowing them up. That's not scripturally sound, but you, you get the point. You get the illustration. Have I beat the dead horse enough? Yes. Is it worth that? Because that's, that's what it's going to mean. Another question is, too. Okay, remember, remember the whole situation with Hong Kong, right? And the, the problems with Hong Kong and China. Well, they were able to work out a situation where Hong Kong was able to come back into China and it was resolved peaceably. Now, you could say, oh, well, Joe, they have less freedom. Sure, they have less freedom, but how many people died? Did we start yet another war? Was there yet more innocent lives lost? And quite frankly, I know this is going to sound harsh, but we've got our own problems here. Like, hello. I mean, President Biden just signed an executive order allowing people on Medicaid to travel across state, across state lines to get an abortion. You know, we, we've, got the, we've got the soul murdering of children with these drag shows. Inflation. The misery index just came up. It's at recession levels. Meanwhile, they're trying to change what the, what the definition of everything is as far as recession or, uh, you know, what, what is a woman? It was funny enough because Pelosi said that, you know, it wasn't a big deal when Newt Gingrich came to Taiwan, but when a woman comes, everyone freaks out. I guess it's because I'm a woman. Well, Nancy, what is a woman? Um, I don't think that I don't think Newt Gingrich came with the same intentions. If I well, the funny thing is, is that Newt Gingrich endorsed it. Now here, 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 yet again, yet again, here is a perfect example of why it's pretty easy to tell who's on the right side or wrong side of this. If Nancy Pelosi. And Newt Gingrich and uh, uh, um, what's his face? That that guy from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, very very, for, very forgettable name. Yeah, Lindsey Graham and Hillary Clinton. If they all have the same foreign policy, you know what's wrong. Oh, especially if all three of those people have the if same. If all three or all four have the same foreign policy, you know what's wrong because two things cannot exist at the same. These two things. Cannot exist at the same time. It's for for you conservatives out there. I know I know a lot of you don't like Lindsey Graham and rightly so. But you know what? You know what? he on the on the foreign policy thing he gets he makes some sense. If he's agreeing with Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi, there's something wrong there. Well, it was like didn't they vote today to? Didn't didn't the didn't Congress vote today overwhelmingly so like ninety seven percent? To include Sweden and Finland into NATO, yes. So it was like um, yeah. what I read. The that, only person who voted no was Josh Hawley. Good for him. Rand Paul voted present. Uh, so basically, it was kind of just like yeah. It was 90, still a it no. It was ninety-five though. to one-one, but it's still a no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and what's hilarious is this this Tom Cotton fellow. Well, good for Josh Hawley. He's doing something at least decent. He's kind of a the the uh, this Tom Cotton fellow who. Uh, is uh, is is a is a thoroughbred neocon, um, y- you know, took to it isn't, sh- took took to, took shots. Has the va- has the house voted on it yet? Or are they going uh, to? I don't Do know. Do they have to? I don't know how 
Why are why are why are we voting for for NATO? Isn't that held in Javina? Geneva? Geneva, sorry. Uh I think so. But why are we voting on that? Why does America have a say in what I don't I I don't know. I don't like NATO. Disband it. It's stupid. But you know, it I, I don't know how many more times I can say this, but if if Barack Obama and George Bush have largely the same foreign policy, you know something's wrong. Makes sense? Yeah, I mean, well, so, something's wrong. Well, what? So bipartisan is people always strive for bipartisan because they think it's great. Some of the worst things ever passed have been bipartisan. Some of the worst policies. What does what does Tom Woods always say? It's the evil party and the stupid party, and they do something yeah. that's both evil and <laughs> stupid. stupid. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you can have no matter who you vote for, you get John McCain. <laughs> Isn't that isn't isn't that one of your lines? That no, that's, matter, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, I think it's a Tom Woods or it's either Tom Woods or Scott Hort. I can't remember. So I no think matter it's Tom. who you vote for, you always get John McCain. Yeah, it's 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 so true. It, the, I mean, look, whenever the Democrats all agree, it's probably pretty evil. Whenever the Republicans all agree, it's probably pretty stupid. Yeah. So whenever they both agree, it's evil and stupid. So even if even if China does take <laughs> does take Taiwan. Is there is there going to be some financial you know repercussions? Sure, there there most likely will be. But wouldn't you rather have your people our age around? What's more important, your financial well being, your status, your curtain, you know, uh, uh, what, what do they call it, uh, you know, living status, or your or your college age kids around? What's more important? Is it more important to have another Afghanistan type moment? Because that's what that's what this is going to be. Another uh, Vietnam. That's what it's going to be. Can we? Can this country handle yet again another Saigon when the when they the helicopters are coming off of the rooftops and people are struggling to stay on board as they fall to their death? Is that what we want? Because Vietnam was a complete catastrophe. We all just saw, we just talked about how, how Afghanistan was a, a complete catastrophe. And if we go through with the war, and 20 years from now, China ends up taking it anyway, then what was the point? What was the point of all of it? And don't give me, oh, well, we're fighting for freedom, we're fighting for democracy. Bullcrap. Absolute friggin' bullcrap. No, stop it. And even you Republicans who use that line, you are no better than the, than the Democrats and the progressives. Stop it. Just stop it. And for the for those of you who who are, you know what, they make some good points. I'm kind of on the fence about it. No! Stop it. Get some help. We can't do this. This is not, this is not going to end well. And again, you can feel however you want to feel about China. I'm not a big fan either. I think what some of the things that they do are awful. Awful. But who has more of an impact on my life as it exists right now? It's got to be the it's got to be the guy at 1600, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. It's got to be the guy in the Congress. It's got to be those people. You know, I just saw the governor the other day. I, I literally I saw Brian Kemp the other day. That what, guy Stacey Abrams? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she she lost by the gap of her teeth. Um, Getting canceled for that. I, I don't care. Cancel me. Cancel me. I don't care. No one listens to it anyway. Um, why are you laughing so much? It's not that funny. It's really not that funny, Jake. You, you, it kind you, of is funny. You give me way too much credit. It was not that funny. 
that joke is that joke has been made a thousand and one different times. I think that that joke is just gonna play well to the audience, and that the audience is just gonna enjoy that joke way more. Than... Oh, it's like when Carl Rove comes on Fox News. Oh, he's got the whiteboard. <laughs> 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 like 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 seals at the zoo. <laughs> Better. It's a uh, for for our kind of humor. It's like when Craig Ferguson. He's gonna hit the camera. Hit the camera. <laughs> he's gonna the point camera. to Jeff. He's gonna point to Jeff. He's gonna point to Jeff. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> They called Michael a racist. Anyway, well, where was I even going with this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know, to be honest. I was trying to keep that in mind. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't even, how can you talk about a serious thing like death, like like war and peace, while, while this, whilst at the same time talking about the gaps in people's teeth? Anyway. Um, Keeping it classy. All the way to Christmas. Um, so I think that's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Is it really worth it? And again, you can feel however you want to feel. Feel however you want to feel. Ask yourself that question. If you yourself are not... I, I, we make this argument all the time, but it's a sound argument. And it's not a straw man argument either. If you yourself are not willing to go over there and do the fighting and dying yourself, then you don't really support it. If you are of able body to go over and defend Taiwan, and you feel so strongly about it, then go enlist. Go enlist. Yeah. But and here's, ahead, and here's And here's the thing. When, when Pearl Harbor happened, America was attacked by the Japanese. You know what the American male, you know what the American men did? They enlisted in the Army and the Navy and the Air Force wasn't around then. The Marines, um, they enlisted to go fight the, in, in, in Europe and in Asia because we were attacked. My fear is, is that with Pelosi going over and stirring up trouble, they're trying to create another... Pearl Harbor-esque moment with Taiwan, with regards to Taiwan. And I say that um, not in a provocative way. Well, I say that because Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, just last year stated that the U.S. needed a clear threat to rally the world and play the role of savior of mankind, Okay, and that China could be that organizing principle for the U.S., Foreign, for the U.S. foreign policy. In 2019 interview, he acknowledged that the problem was that the people were not going to believe that China is a global threat, that their view of China is too positive, and that the United, the, the United States needs a Pearl Harbor moment, a real focusing event to change their minds, something that he calmly stated would scare the heck, H-E double hockey sticks, out of the American people. That's the National Security Advisor. It's a pretty important position in the cabinet. Well, he's not like really a cabinet member, an advisor to the white to the to the president. When you have him going out and saying these things just last year, a year or two years ago, saying that we need a Pearl Harbor moment? What the what the what the devil is no? Well, you know And then and then after this happens, Pelosi goes to Taiwan and now China is encircling the, the island with their aircrafts? With their planes and boats? I wouldn't be surprised if the troops had hit the beach already. I, I, I am not an Alex Jones conspiracy kind of theorist, theorist person. But there are some that I do believe. I do believe pretty strongly that the CIA killed JFK. But I, that's, what, that's, that's without... I mean, that's, that's, that, that's just like, it's a joke these days. I mean, everybody's, oh yeah, the CIA killed JFK, or it was the mafia or whoever. 
I yeah. was in the mafia. It was the government. The CIA killed yeah. him. Yeah, it's, it's it's goes always goes without saying, right? I I think that the I I firmly believe that the uh, that the the hostage negotiation FBI branch, or it was the ATF or the Delta Force group started the fires at Waco. I don't. I really. I don't believe that the Branch Davidian started those fires. I firmly believe that uh, that um, Randy Weaver was set up, and that those people died unnecessarily. I firmly believe that we were lied into the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, and so on and so forth. I firmly believe that. And it's it it, it just it falls right in line with all the the crap. That has been hoisted onto us. That has been thrown and rubbed into our eyes by the current media, political, intelligence, military apparatus that we have and that we have in this country. Firmly believe that. Oh, you Joe, you're kooky, man. You think Sandy Hook was a hoax, man? Well, you, did you, do you know who Q is, man? Yeah, you, I don't care. It just shows how dumb you are. Like, open your eyes, dude. Like, come on. People like um. What's his face? The guy in Russia, Edward Snowden. You don't you don't ruin your life for nothing. No. You don't throw away your life for nothing like he did. You don't let the the U.S. government drive you to the point of insanity like they've done with Julian Assange for nothing. You don't do that for nothing. So again, when when the National Security Advisor is saying we need a Pearl Harbor moment. And then Pelosi goes to Taiwan to stir up trouble. And it looks like we may have our Pearl Harbor moment if someone gets a little too happy, a little, tr- little too trigger happy. I mean, hello. I mean, you know, it seems like it. It, it looks as though Russia is going to win the war in Ukraine. It looked that way from the very beginning. <laughs> if you've Didn't been, we call that? If you've Did- been. Haven't we been saying that? I put. For, a, I, I don't think know how long we 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 put a hundred dollars back on that back in February. Like, the, the, the odds of Russia winning that war were pretty high. No matter how many times Zelensky gets on... Get, get, no matter how many times they they pipe in uh, Zelensky into, into the Grammys, they still ain't going to win the war. No how many pictures they took of that Vogue photo shoot, they still ain't going to win the war. No matter how hard they try, he's not Churchill. They weren't going to win. They want him to be Churchill so bad. They, but he doesn't smoke and drink enough. That's the problem. They want him to be Churchill so, so bad. He doesn't smoke and drink enough. So, again... I'm not saying I'm gonna. I told you so. If this happens, but you know what? I told you so. I guess the only thing I would also say about when it comes to this is, you know, I will hear somebody out whenever they say we need to intervene in another situation. I, I will. I will hear them out, and then I'll say, okay, that course of action sounds very similar to that of the past, and we know how the past ended up. Why would this be different? And whenever they can't come up with anything, they they have therefore answered their own question. They they really have, you know. To uh, one thing I wanted to say, whenever you talked about the military, and people genuinely uh, signed up because because the country was under attack. You know, Pearl Harbor happened. Japan declared war. We were under attack. People people signed up and joined. There is a there's something that I read about how enlistment enlistment for the military is at like an all-time low i get texts once a week from my local like recruiter i I don't get them i get them and i always send them i (laughs) 
every time that I get a U.S. Army Marines, whatever uh, Space Force, I haven't got one from Space Force yet. But whenever I, leeching off NASA, but whatever. Whenever I get a message from them, and it's you know, recruit to U.S. Army or whatever, and they always say, "Hey, text back this number to for more information." I always send the uh, um, Doctor Evil. Um, <laughs> how about no? <laughs> I literally always just send them that gift back because you don't know me. I'm not. I'm not joining the military. Sorry. But I think the reason why we have all-time low is for a couple of reasons. I think that um, it has something to do with TikTok the... TikTok and Crocs. Well, <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say there is a difference between the male of this generation. Is I don't think is qu- not all of them are the type to, jo- to go join the military. But also, um, there people I don't think really see the need to. Right for a lot of people growing up that are my age, they see the a lot of them hopefully see through the lies that was at the war in Afghanistan, the wars in the Middle East. They see just how devastating and and counterproductive the wars have been, and they don't want to be a part of that. And honestly, how can I blame them? Well, I I don't know if it's exactly. If people like us who have done the research and the reading and the listening that we have done, I, yes, but I've, it's not just that. Hang, hang but, on, but, hang but, on. But there, there's there's a lot of these liberal socialist types who who also agree with us that the wars have been, tr- tr- you know, terrible. I mean, it's very counterproductive, and who have who want no part in serving in a military that's just going to be. De- Destabilizing regions. Sure, I think yeah, yeah. There, there is a, a portion of the population that thinks that way. But I think there's a lot of normies who are just so caught up with what's going on in their own life that they don't think twice about it. Oh, somebody, perhaps else, somebody else will go do that. I don't have to worry about it because it's well. We've always we've had this you know, quote unquote time of peace where the threat of war has not come to your door. Like uh, if you remember um, in the Patriot, when they're talking about. You know, should America go to war? And they're in North Carolina, and you know, he was like, you know, this war will not be fought on the battlefield in some distant state. It'll be fought in your own home, that kind of thing. We haven't had to face that, right? True. In, in World War Two, the fight came home. They attacked Pearl Harbor. Yes, it was. Yes, it was Hawaii, but still, those were American men that died, and we saw the direct effects of the war, the rationing. The, the workforce that had to go into the factories to produce the, the bullets and the planes and the tanks and the jeeps and all the people that had to make the, the uniforms and the boots and stuff. Yeah, the, the, the war effort was felt by every American at the time. Have, can you honestly say the same over the last 20 years? No, no you can't. No, I haven't. And, but, I, but I think, though, there has not been a, a rallying cry for um, Americans. There hasn't been a, there hasn't been a need. There hasn't been a need. There hasn't been a threat since Pearl Harbor. I mean, really, I mean, sure, you could say um, so 9-11. Yes, there was a big surge of signups for the military after 9-11. You can look at all the data to to um, to point to that. But since then, we know that a lot of people have rightfully so came, know that that was all blowback. A lot of people do know that, hey, maybe America was partially responsible for 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 the actions that led up to 9-11 and they've seen that we have had nothing to show for in afghanistan nothing to show for in in um all these other other countries and they continuing 
you know, for a lot of people, they look at what's going on in Yemen or in these other countries that we are helping destabilize, and they say, if I sign up, am I going to be part of that? I can't be part of that. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think people have done that done that level of looking into it there are some look there are normie leftists and liberals who are against the foreign policy of of obama and of george w bush sure there are the hippie types out there who are yes but i that's not that's not a majority of the people it may be it's but i don't think it's a majority i i think the no if you if you and i were to go into walmart and pick out people our age and ask them to say hey do you know what's going on in Yemen? I, well, I bet no, you every single one in the city of Yemen's a country. But but these are the people that that would never join, regardless. That's my of if, point. No, but I'm saying those these people wouldn't join even if there was a crisis, even right. if China nuked LA. These people weren't going to sign up. Yeah, I've got. But that's what I'm saying. I've got that, endlessly scrolling is that TikTok to do. The, the people though, Joe, who would be thinking about joining or enlisting are not going to because they have because they. Perhaps know about what's going on. Possibly, okay. Possibly, I, 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 I'll give you that one. Possibly. Um, but you know, I guess what are you gonna do? What what are you gonna do? And I, I honestly, to all of two of you that are listening out there, um, I'd love to hear your feedback on this one, on the whole China Taiwan thing. If if you if you think I'm wrong and I've and I'm, I've got it all wrong, you know. Okay, let me know. I want. I want. I want to hear criticism of this because all I'm hearing from even some libertarians, uh, even you know, uh, good right wingers, good conservatives, uh, get the China thing. I don't say they get it wrong, but they're just so dang hawkish on it that it just it it, it hurt. It quite literally hurts my brain. I, I I just I can't take it anymore. And it's like with it's like with Ukraine. So many bad takes from people on the right, and some libertarians too. So many bad takes, and I just, I, I again, we can, I go through history with them and say, hey, they've been wrong every time. It's like, oh well, you know, it's it's the hot pressing issue at the moment. We gotta support. Them. I just, what I know, I, I want, I want to hear from you. You know, it's Uncle Sam. I want you to tell me what you <laughs> think. You know, um, but anyway, so uh, this morning, let's shift gears a little bit. This morning. Boy, was I having to fight back the tears. And this afternoon, boy, was I having to bite my tongue and fight back the tears because of the of the death of Vince Scully. Very, I, very sad. I Man, when I saw that this morning, I was about to get out of my car at work. I was like, I don't know if I can go to work today. <laughs> and I, I'm not a Dodgers fan, but I do respect the franchise. Because You're a fan of baseball. Fan of baseball. I respect the Dodgers. I respect them as an organization. As a franchise, I respect they have a they have a probably just a storied history as the Yankees do. They, the Dodgers have a great story, like same with the Red Sox and the and the um, um, and the the Cubs. Great baseball team, historic baseball team. And then to have the, the guy behind the microphone for sixty-seven years, can you imagine that doing a job for sixty-seven? He was he was the radio and TV announcer for the Dodgers for sixty. Seven years. I was looking up some stats the other day because he just died. Was it last night? I believe it was last night. It was last night, yeah. Uh, I was looking at some stats. Uh, it's funny how they have stats for radio announcers, but I was looking up stats of how many important games he was a part of. So he holds the record for the most World Series broadcasted. Guess how many? Oh, gosh. 
forty something probably. Twenty eight World Series games or yeah, that he's series called. that he's called. Uh, he has the longest tenure with one club, sixty five seasons. Because I guess he technically retired in twenty fourteen. I guess. Um, he's also behind the microphone for guess how many no hitters? Guess ten. Twenty no hitters. Three perfect games. Don Larson, Sandy Koufax, and Dennis Martinez. He also got his own bobblehead. Um, 67 years. That's a long time to do anything. Didn't he also call Hank Aaron's home run his yes. record-breaking when, home run? He, when he broke, was it Babe Ruth's record? Babe Ruth's record. Yeah, yeah and he, he, did, it, he it. did it in Atlanta. Yeah. And the way, that, the, the way that he was there for Jackie Robinson and then he was there for Hank Aaron, the way that he so eloquently and just calmly brought up the whole race issue, especially with Jackie Robinson and with Hank Aaron, brought up the race issue, hey, here's a black man in the Deep South getting a standing ovation in Georgia for breaking the probably, probably the most beloved uh, baseball player ever, Babe Ruth. Or, or as the athlete up until that point. Yes. Because that's before, yeah, I think that's before Michael Jordan. That's before Tiger Woods. It's before um, all the other great. LeBron or whatever, yeah. Well, that's, that's before Larry Bird. It's before all these other great athletes that came up. Um, there really wasn't anybody up up until Hank Aaron's point because that's before Barry Bonds, before all these other, um, before these Griffey Juniors of the world. So, I mean, there was a long gap where it was Babe Ruth and that was it. And then Hank Aaron was, was that guy after Babe Ruth. You know, it was Hank Aaron and like Reggie Jackson and then uh, uh, Dave Parker and all these guys. Um, just, just the kindest, gentlest soul. Like, like legit, I was watching these videos. I, I was holding back the tears because he's just, just the kindest, gentlest, just... It's hard to describe because whenever you listen to him do a game or broadcast a game, he just has a way about him that's just so peaceful and inviting and just, just kind. Just genuine kindness. Like, the only other people you saw that with was, like, Mr. Rogers, Steve Irwin, Bob Ross... Just truly kind Is there people. A common theme we're finding here. <laughs> Just truly kind people, and then you know, the, the, you go to the dark place in your heart. Like, okay, what's the angle? You know, what's what's he getting at? He's just being. He's just just kindness. Just being a, a just a stand up gentleman for no reason other than he's just gonna be a gentleman, and that's the part that I think that a lot of people kind of miss these days. Of just just be a gentleman for for the men out there. I, I can't speak for you ladies, although. You know what is a woman, but you know just just being a gentleman, just being kind. You know, so often you scroll through, you know, you, you go through life on TV and on the on the internet, just people just being mean, just being unnecessarily just grumpy and upset and just being mean just to be mean. You're like, oh, well, well, this is what men do. Men are tough. You you know, no, that's that's not no, that's that's no. You you don't have to go through life being. You know, John Matrix or John Rambo or, you know, what's the um, the guy from Die Hard? Um, John, John, McClane. John McClane. You don't have to go through life being like them. Trust me, you don't. But just people like that, it's just, it's a huge loss. Huge loss. Huge loss. Um, yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting when the Dodgers go home because they're away right now. I think they're in, I forget where they're at. But that first home game, what's it going to be like? At Dodger Stadium. Yep. Well, he didn't he retire like last he year? He retired in 2016, I think. Okay. Officially. I'm sure. I'm sure that they'll do something for him. But uh, 67 years—that's a long time. Yeah, I mean that's that's longer than some people's life. They've they've only known Vin Scully, and you know, 
not a fan of the Dodgers or anything, but I'm a fan of but I'm a fan of baseball. And Vince Scully was uh, one of the good guys in baseball, definitely, uh, pr- arguably the greatest announcer in sports history the greatest to ever do as they say yeah and that's coming from people like bob costas you know harry doyle <laughs> um harry doyle uh, uh, john madden um you know all these you know even jack buck or even joe buck joe buck um but like just you know just all these the, the accolades he's getting from people that you think of oh these are great sports announcers great sports announcers. like bob costas legendary spoke so highly of vince scully and it's just you know that it's 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 the it's that, that's why I feel like it's being lost with baseball is is the tradition of things. I feel like it's being lost. We're also caught up in the moment of bat flips and the chains and the. Uh, I have no issues with a little bit of style and and. Oh, I have a big issue with it. <laughs> I have a huge issue with it. Well, that's a conversation for another time. But the the tradition of baseball, I think, is being lost. And that, that, to me, that's what makes me more sad than anything. Yes, it is passing, but the tradition of baseball, of, of, of the America's pastime and the, the, the institution that is baseball is being lost to frivolous and uh, stupid sports like basketball and football. But, again, that's a, that's a discussion for another day. And I know I just caused everyone to turn this off. But, you know, I don't care. I'm right. So. Yeah. What do you think? That's, I mean, yeah, I'm a fan of baseball. Went and saw some baseball over the weekend. It was very, very good. Guardians pulled out a win against Tampa Bay, which uh, always good to uh, to see Tampa Bay lose because it only helps out the Yankees. Well, they, yeah, that was a question someone asked me. So, who are you pulling for? I thought I wanted to say Tampa, but I said, no, no, I want the Cleveland. I want Cleveland to win because that <laughs> just makes our standings much better. <laughs> Cleveland, man, gotta go for Cleveland. Looked really good. Uh, the Indians. We, uh, me and our youngest brother, who was a who was a fan, got to stand. The show or baseball? Yes. Okay. Um, got to we got to stand right there on this on the uh, dugout side and watch Shane Bieber warm up. Um, Is that who Tristan, that was? Yeah, Shane Bieber was warming up whenever he first walked in. Um, he had the little pitch tracker thing, which is really really cool. Um, super nice guy. I, I am. I was talking to to my youngest brother about this, and he's 18, and how, you know, we could have gotten autographs, like, you know, so we could have, we were close enough to, 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 to talk to them, but, you know, I'm at the age now, and so is, and so is him, that I think that once you cross, like, that 16-year-old age, I think the... Pushing for autographs and bothering players is kind of weird, in my opinion. Like when you're when you're five, you know, like there was a um. Well, like when you see grown men doing it, it yeah, you, you just it's feel just like weird. a little just like oh. Well, mm, there was yeah. a bunch of kids who had to be no older than seven, and that's, you know yeah, they yeah. were all Cleveland fans. That's their thing, they all man. had balls and gloves to be get signed, and I made that's, sure that's, that they that's, that's the tradition of baseball. And I made sure that I was out of their way so they could get to the one spot where. Bieber came and signed. Some of the bullpen guys came and signed. Oh, Tristan so McKenzie cool. came and signed some baseballs. I made sure to get out of my way. Like, I was within, you know, sla- I, you know, within two or three feet of these guys um, at certain points. But you know, I made sure that these kids look. I've had plenty of signed baseballs from players. Well, you know, we, I've we shaken had, we, hands with plenty of ball players. I've had, seen well, these we, guys up close. Well, we've had our own scheme too. 
Yeah. Remember when Johnny was a lot younger? Yeah. You push him up to the front. Hey, but here, even, Johnny, here's another ball. Hold on. Here, here's another ball, Johnny. But, but, but. I don't know. It's just weird when you see grown grown men who are in their 30s ra- it's, race it's, up there. It's, and, it's, like, it's, you know, it's just it's so disgusting. weird. Like, you know, I, I am, you know, we, we sat in foul ball territory, and I was, we both had gloves. I was primed to catch one, and I was like, you know, if I catch one, I'm not going to keep it. Like, look, if I wanted to go get a baseball, I'd just go get a baseball. But that means so much more to a to a young a young person because the, to them, that's the world. Just as they get to go meet a professional baseball player that they look up to. For me, it's, it's whatever. I've met a lot of cool, interesting people in my life. Uh, I, I would rather somebody else would get way more enjoyment out of that. And I think it's just it's just weird. I think once you pass that, that 15, 16-year-old range thereabouts, that you don't get to do that anymore. You get, you have to the, – the people who are younger than you have to come first. You know, if, if they're all happy and they've all had their baseball signed and they got their pictures with their favorite player – cool then you can go but until then you get to go stay in the back of the line dude yeah that's just in my opinion now is there there are some people who adults who have like basically filing cabinets full of baseball cards and pictures and they race to go get signed look you know these people are not out there collecting it you know these people are out there who are gonna post that thing on ebay as soon as the game is over and i think the people that 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 do that in my opinion, are just gross. You just you're just gross. Yeah. Because you're just using the you're using somebody else's presence and someone else's autograph for financial gain, and that's just kind of it's just gross. That's honestly why, if I ever became, <clears throat> um, for some reason I became famous and people want my autograph, that'll never happen. But if it ever if it ever did, I I wouldn't sign for certain people. I'd become like a hybrid of like Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. They don't sign for anybody. They refuse to sign autographs except for charity because then they know what the money's going for. But if people ask for an autograph, they will not sign. And I think that's good because because people literally will take that and post it on eBay the next day. So I I think that or you just sign for everybody so that way your autograph's worth nothing. Yeah, then you can do that too. I think that's another now, strategy. Is as there well. anybody that you would trip over yourself to go get an autograph from, regardless of age? The only person that's a baseball player that I would no, no it doesn't that be baseball player? Oh, but a person, just, just anyone, any person that if I met, that if you saw walked in the room, you would literally trip over yourself to have him sign something. You know. I can't think of anybody. Or get a picture with. You know, if like Derek Jeter or Andy Pettit or Mariana Rivera walked into my place of work or I don't know, wherever, yeah, maybe I would talk to them. Pictures for me are very, very weird. I've grown kind of weary of pictures. Um, But I'm trying to think of of an artist. I respect Alex Lifeson and Getty Lee too much. For me, I would introduce myself and just give them thanks, but to ask of anything of them, um, whenever they've given me so much through their art, I, I just I don't think Paul McCartney. I would probably want to say something too, but then again, there's there's nobody that I would trip myself over to go get an autograph from. Now, if they were so gracious, if Alex Live said or Getty Lee said me to sign something, sure, of course. Here, let me run home and grab my guitar. Well, if they. If they signed, I don't know, just something or just made something out to me, 
but I, I I find that very very weird, and I can't think. I'm I'm trying to think of someone. There's really honestly, I'm trying to think of somebody that I don't think there's anybody that I would ask for a picture or an autograph from. It maybe if David Bowie was still alive. David Bowie, if I had one of my vinyl records of his still somehow I was in the wild and I just carry a record. Would you sign station to station from, from me, David that, that I would ask from the sign. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe that's because he's just, he's one person. Whereas a band, um, it's a little different, it's a little different with the band perhaps, but you know, David Bowie is someone that I probably would have liked to have met and just say, thank you for everything uh, that he's done with his music for me. But then again, I don't know if I would. Your your question was, would I chase him down? No. Yeah. No, I wouldn't chase him down if I approached him calmly, or if he, he was sitting there, and if the if it made sense. I put it to put it to you this way: I wouldn't approach him as as any other different person. If it, yeah. if it was weird to go track track a random person down at a store if that's weird then it'd be weird for you to do it to him well i look at it too like if i was at a golf event or whatever right and if i if i if i got tickets to the masters if i got tickets to the masters if you're listening are you listening are you are listening you augusta national hint? are you taking the hint how much how much more forward do i need to be um, if I got tickets to the Masters, and usually at the, at the on Thursday mornings, the first tee is um, they usually have the greats come out, and so it's like Gary Player. Um, they had um, Arnold Palmer. Uh, Arnold Palmer's dead, but they had Jack Nicklaus. Well, Wouldn't that be crazy if uh, if uh, he came out? Yeah, Whoa, that would be kind of yeah, Arnold Palmer in hand. Uh, and they have like Tom Watson, these great historic, you know, legendary players. If if I was ever just a couple of feet from Jack Nicholas, I wouldn't ask for, hey, could you sign a glove? Hey, could you get? I wouldn't ask for a picture. Even if it was Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson or, you know, uh, whomever. I, I I just I just I just feel so weird doing those things, right? Um, like I recently not not recently a, few, a while ago I had a, I had the opportunity to meet Steve Harvey and Kanye West. I would never in my wildest dreams ask for a picture or for an autograph from either one of them. Because, quite frankly, I'm not a biggest fan of theirs, but I just, I, I, I just never would. And I thought about this the other night, too. If I was on a plane, and I, for whatever reason, back in coach, if this famous person was sitting next to me. If, if, if Jerry Seinfeld sat, sat next to you on the plane. Yeah, if Jerry Seinfeld's riding coach on Frontier Airlines with me. And he ordered peanuts, what would you do? I'd <laughs> say, so, do you want some water? Because he gave me some. They're making me thirsty. <laughs> if you ordered pretzels, what would you say to Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, uh, yeah, all uh, uh, the pretzels. <laughs> what would you say to him? Would you be like, oh, do, 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 do the line? I, I would resist the urge. <laughs> do the, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, if Jerry Seinfeld or Craig Ferguson or George Carlin or any, if Norm Macdonald, if he was still alive, or whoever, these famous, famous comedians, or if I was sitting on a plane next to Neil Peart, would I say anything? Well, one, probably not, because I'm incredibly uh, antisocial. Um, you, if, you, if, if we ever do a meet and greet, you, you'll understand what I mean. But when it comes to meeting new people, I don't do it. I, I don't meet new people. I'm not, I'm not good at conversation. I am terrible at conversations. Like, whenever I try to have a conversation with someone I don't know, it's incredibly awkward because I ain't good at it. 
And furthermore, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't, I don't act like an idiot next to these famous people. I don't want to be a dumb. I, if it were me, if the situation was reversed and someone wanted to meet me, which I don't know, I ever would, but I would just want to be left alone. Like I understand why these people fly, fly private. I, I get it because who wants to go through the airport <laughs> like that? Who wants to sit on a plane like that? To constantly have people come up to you, hey, can I get a picture? Can I have this? Can I have that? It's always take, 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 take. I guess, I guess, me and you treat people just as how we would only be treated yeah. if we were if we became famous. Like I respect these people's privacy. I respect their space, and I wouldn't do anything that I would want someone to do to me. Yeah, that, I mean, well, and too, I I tried to get so starstruck. Oh my gosh. There's Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, there's Jerry Seinfeld. You know, like... I just wouldn't do that. You know, I've met people that have meant a lot to me. I've met the guys from, from, from Amberlin many, many times. Awesome, awesome guys. Uh, but, you know, I'm respectful. I, you know, I thank them individually. Thank you guys for the music you guys make. Uh, to the one drummer who has King State Coffee. Huge fan of King State Coffee. Congratulations on that. I, you know, but I... <laughs> I, I just don't have that starstruck. It's more of a respect and more of a, I don't say reverence, that's the wrong word, more of just a respect for these people um, and understanding what they've done. Look, you know, there's few people that, that, that love Rush, the Beatles, and David Bowie more than me. Uh, but if I were to meet any one of those people, I, I, I would not, I guess I wouldn't have the Justin Bieber effect where I'd be fainting. Um, like with people with Michael Jackson. Yeah, uh, to me that's just weird. I, I, I guess I, I don't get that. I I I've never bet been that way. I bet you that I love Bowie, Rush, and the Beatles just as much as that person fainting, if not more. But I don't have well, that kind of reaction. For different reasons, though, I think probably for different reasons. Perhaps, perhaps that's the reason why I see them differently. I love their art, and I love the goodness that they put into this world and then they make people happy it's like if i were to meet meet mick jagger like blink twice if if keith is abusing you if i met craig ferguson i would be like can you do the thing can you how's jeff how's the horse <laughs> if i met craig ferguson it'd be funny i'd be like i'd be like i'd be like so how much hay did that horse eat <laughs> No, I know. I how, much, I, how much do the interns get paid? No, no. I would ask him, be like, was that horse real? <laughs> <laughs> I swear. I'd be like, okay, you know, uh, I have this bet, Craig, and hopefully you can solve this, but was the horse real? <laughs> <laughs> and the, the issue, though, is I cannot keep a straight face while I do that. So Because you know it's stupid. Because <laughs> I know it's stupid, but, ah, oh, man, that... <laughs> Is the horse real? So, you know, I finished a book, right? Recently, yes. I finished a book on uh, Werner von Braun, which actually was a really good book, but the ending's quite sad because, I mean, he basically withered away to nothing because he had cancer. It was really, really kind of sad. But I started a new book. I started The Fellowship of the Ring. And as soon as I opened the book and was rifling through the pages, you could just hear the Howard Shore score or soundtrack just playing through the pages. Is that it? That, think, that's it. I don't think that's it. Yep, that's definitely it. Yes, yeah, so I was reading the prologue concerning hobbits, and this reminded me of the song concerning hobbits from the movie. Man, I love that movie. It's a classic, man. Uh, I put up some more reviews on the album of the year page. I've reviewed um, the new Amberlin EP. 
it's very good EP from Amberlynn Solid. Now, can you remove your bias from it, though? No, I went into this... I'm not going to lie. The first song that Amber, Amberlynn released off the off of this EP, they, released, they put it out as a single. I wasn't the biggest fan of it at first. Uh, the more and more I listen to it, I really do enjoy it. I think that they're going in a very experimental direction that... Uh, I'm excited for. I, I'm excited. I, I want to hear more of this new sound. It's got me intrigued. It's very atmospheric. Unlike heavy. the new uh, Parkway Drive singles. No, those were just the new Parkway Drive are very very bad. New new Dance Gavin Dance record. Thought it was pretty good. Um, well, not pretty good. I thought it was good, but it is a it is a it is a chore to get through. 18 tracks Oof. over an hour. It is a lot to get through. I know people still made albums over an hour hour long. Yeah, very, very long record, and I think that hurt it more than it helped it. You can read my full review there. I also reviewed um, Phoebe Bridgers, or Bridgers 2020 record, Punisher. Huh? Phoebe Bridgers record, um, entitled Punisher. Fantastic little bit of some indie folk and indie rock. What? Excellent, excellent, expertly written, uh, lyrically and musically, um, I think that right now. When are you gonna? When are you gonna do the last in line? Look, look. I there's so many new stuff coming out that it, it's hard for me to get to old stuff. Um, even though the, even though the, this record is, is is a year or two old, but look, um, indie folk right now and indie rock is got so much great going stuff, so much great tracks and albums going for it right now. Um, in fact, some of my favorite records that have came out this year have been of that genre. So, uh, kudos to that. Um, you got Billie Eilish now doing some stuff like that. Interesting. Okay, we've gone off the rails. No, you, she her her EP that she released, I was very impressed with. I thought it was excellently done, and I think that her songwriting style translates well to that genre of music. And I'm excited to see what she's going to do with it. Hey, just because it's not it's not a a sixty year old man with with fake hair out there, uh, rancing, running around in, in um leather pants, it's not a. Uh, what are you talking about? Good music, exactly. What are you talking about? All of all of the Rolling Stones. All I don't of listen to all, the Rolling Stones. All of hair metal meshed into oh, okay. one oh, okay. man, a sixty year old man with leather pants and are fake you hair. Talking about uh, what's his name uh, from uh, from Poison. Um, Brett Michaels? Yeah, no, 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 no. That's no, no. I'm thinking of no Motley Crue. Um, Ew, I don't like uh, Motley Crue. <laughs> what's his name? I can't remember his name. Motley Crue was every. Th- uh, was... Well, we've met Nikki Six. I didn't meet him. I've well, seen well, okay, him. Okay, we saw Nikki. Six. I've been like as close as I am to you right now. Nikki, yeah. Nikki Six. Which I, I, I didn't not, talk to him. I don't know who he was. But um, I don't really care for Motley Crue. I'm, I'm not gonna. I, I, I'm not. I, I am not gonna lie. I kind of don't like Motley Crue. I, I'm kind of with there with you too. There's like two songs that I kind of enjoy, um, but I overall, think the, I think their catalog is very. I forgettable. think the only band that made good music out of the hair metal genre, besides Van Halen, because Van Halen kind of started all of that. Well, they right? were on another league of greatness. I think the only band that made genuinely good hair metal was Def Leppard. I think they're the only band that okay, I can point maybe. to that says, you know what? They have good albums. Like, Pyromania, Hysteria are good records. Those are good, hard rock, heavy metal albums. Can you point to anybody else that has a good, not, not a good single, yeah. but a good, complete LP? I can't, I don't think anyone of that genre made well, a good, compelling e, um, LP that's not 
um, like Cinderella, where they would they're known Tesla. for Tesla for all I these. I saw a guy wearing a Tesla shirt the other day. I'm like, man, you, did you actually listen to Tesla? I I, I can't. I know I that I do agree with. A lot of the hair metal was just singles, right? Yeah, you a think, lot you of think, it. It was one. It's no. It is no different than pop. It really isn't. Uh, maybe, um, <laughs> but a Hold lot on, of, a lot of up. it was driven yes by singles. But you know there were some bands that had the they had like one good album. Like Queensryche, they had really one good album that was Operation Mindcrime, which is. But, the, but, but I think Queensryche though fell into the more progressive. They were they were kind of on the they were they kind of treaded both ways treaded both waters if How, you will. So I click '80s hair metal mix on Spotify and Peter Gabriel Sledgehammer comes up. That's not that's just pop. This is a Spotify playlist. That's just pop. That's certainly hair metal. So look, when I think of hair metal, I'm thinking of like you know Def Leppard, you know Def, Poison. Yeah. Um. Here's an here's Motley Crue, Extreme, L.A. Guns, Rat, Def Leppard, um, Dokken, Warrant, yeah, Dokken. Warrant. Warren was okay. Now, Dokken had a good album. I can't remember what it's called. Well, they had a decent album. Ozzy Osbourne's not hair metal. Yes, he is. Ozzy Osbourne was? His solo career was. Uh, now, when, uh, he, when, he, when he was with Black Sabbath, that's doom metal, that's metal. Uh, but a lot of his stuff that came out in the late 80s and 90s, you could categorize but, okay, that as Okay, when I mean hair metal, I mean like... The glam metal, like the guys who went up there with the skin-tight leather pants, and they, yeah, and they had like a woman scream on some stage for their for their vocalists. That's what I mean to say. Okay, Bobby. Ozzy, Ozzy doesn't fit that. The glam. The yes, the glam. Maybe his music was more pop-oriented on the on the, the metal, look. the metal spectrum. But I think I think his attitude was different. His attitude and his lyrics were not. Partying all the time, yeah, don't and a good time. exactly, yeah. where there was there was no substance in the hair metal lyrics. There was nothing there. Not these really, these yeah. were the the lyrics of hair metal bands are no different than the vapid top forty garbage pop that we do listen to sometimes. Sure, um, there's no different. Ozzy didn't. I think I think Ozzy's lyrics were much better and actually had substance and something something to say in a lot of his stuff. Okay. But yeah, like yeah, like L.A. Guns, uh, all of these, Cinderella, Skid Row. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. Van Halen and which Van Halen did fall into a lot of the a lot of the lyrics where but it's the, like. But, but the, the difference you didn't but, say any. You're not you're not saying anything. I think the here. difference with Van Halen is that the musical the 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 musicality of their music. That's just very redundant. Um, the instrumentation the, overtook the... The instrumentation the, of their music was just leaps and bounds over everyone else. Everyone else. The 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 the, the writing abilities and the arrangement abilities of Eddie and uh and uh, I guess I guess uh, um what's his name? Michael um Anthony. Michael Anthony and of course Alex and then later with Sammy was just so much better. So so much better than everyone else. Fair point. And they, 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 not, but that's not to say that bands like Queensrÿche <coughs> in Operation Mindcrime wasn't good because it kind of came out around the same time. Fantastic album. Queensrÿche only made one good album. <laughs> Empire was okay, but like I think you're right though. There's not you can't point to a lot of albums in that era that were just like ooh, mm, mm, that's it. That's the one. No, you, you really can't. Yeah, uh, I'd have to agree with that. So yeah, check those out. Uh, album of the year accounts. Um, I am 
quickly, I'm not really running out of things to review, but I'm kind of in a slow period right now where I've touched everything that I wanted to review, and now I'm kind of just taking suggestions. So if you want me to look Unless at a record, mine. hey, if I've if I've already listened to a record, I don't see the point in me going back sometimes unless it is a historic important piece of music to whatever genre or field. Like all of the reviews that I've done about records that aren't new usually have some kind of significant importance to that to that particular genre or that artist. Like I reviewed some older Beatles stuff, I've reviewed some um some older Bowie stuff, like some of the 90s Bowie stuff. So, and I reviewed Holy Diver. Holy Diver is immensely important to the genre of heavy metal, so that's why I reviewed that. Um, but other than that, usually I review new stuff. Now, I mean, I can give it a rating, but I'm not going to write a full review on it right now. I reviewed Kraftwerk's Autobahn, which I listened to today at work again. That is chef's kiss. <laughs> What if you'd started doing some Iron Maiden ones? There's some pretty important I, albums. Like Number of the Beasts or Somewhere in Time or Fear of the Dark. Every day that I go on Peace here to look mind. at new music, there is just new stuff to listen to. But I've already listened to that. I'd rather find something new to listen to. But the people need your opinion, Jacob. Okay, I, I like Iron Maiden stuff. I think the Iron Maiden had a, one of the best runs in the 1980s. As far as, as, far as bands go... As far, as far as an artist go, Iron Maiden had had one of the best runs of any artist for a, for a decade. I would say true. only second to Bowie in the 1970s. A better run of records. Like, just consistently good. Besides besides pinups. I think it was 1973's pinups. Or 1972, I forget which year that record came out. Besides pinups, every record of the 1970s for, for David Bowie was a hit after a hit. And at some point... Look, you had Station to Station, Heroes, and Low come out back to back to back. Three records that pe- three records that some some artists are lucky to release one of in their entire career, and Bowie did it three times. You don't that doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't yeah that doesn't that doesn't, that doesn't happen. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, at some point perhaps I can get to it, but. If I've already listened to a record enough, it's kind of hard to sometimes gather your thoughts about it. At some point, I do want to do reviews and ratings for every single Amberlin release because I do know, I know every single Amberlin song. Pretty well versed in their catalog. So for that, it would take me literally an hour or two to kind of get my thoughts together, listen to each track a few for a few seconds, and kind of gather my thoughts to review. But hey, I'm all for listening to new stuff. Well, here's the next one for you: Rising Force, Yingwei Malmsteen. Do I have to? <laughs> um, I, what I like about um, you? Haven't done any Pink Floyd. You could do the Wall. You could do yeah the, the Division Bell. You could do the uh, of course. I did re- always Dark Side of the Moon. I did review a Space Rock record this year. I thought I actually liked it. It was um, hold on. I'll something pull up. I did. I did review. Yeah. Um, Spiritualized. Everything was beautiful. It's kind of a space rock neo cycle. Neo psychedelica record very trippy very very weird pink floydy kind of uh are we talking like old pink floyd or new pink floyd like 60 60 psychedelic is is what it is but it's very experimental nonsensical just gibberish very very weird um ethereal ambient kind of stuff going on i i liked that i thought this this is a good just very relaxed 60s kind of feeling record i mean obviously it's not 
a direct copy of it, but it has a lot of the a lot of the, the stylings of a, of a of an album from the 1960s. I liked it. That was very very good. Um, space rock is pretty niche. You don't you don't see a whole lot of space rock, rock out there. Yeah. Uh, but I liked it. It was very very good. Um, I mean, look, you can go through my entire best of 2022 and see what I've what I've liked and what I haven't liked. So coming up on. I'm, I'm hoping to do 60 or 70 reviews this year. That's my goal, so. How many have you done already? Uh, what is this? 6, 12, 18, 24, what, 30, 32? You've done 32 this year? No. I've done, I, I've done, I've done well over 40, close to 50, so I'm getting close to my goal. There you go. There you so. go. Alrighty, well, I think that's, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Be sure to check out links down below for everything. And uh, let us know if you like the show. If you do, be sure to give us a thumbs up, a follow. Or thumbs down. No, don't give us a thumbs down. Love us. Don't! Love him. <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.